Welcome to the Purpessence Podcast, Jaylissa Leah. Hey, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. I found out about Jaylissa on Clubhouse. And I, I'm like, mm-hmm. what is what is Clubhouse? You know, it's like, oh, I want to be in the club too. And and I'm a podcaster, so I'm like, this is gold. And then I got into Breakfast with Champions, the like shout out. And um, yeah, I, I found you on there. You were talking with people I was just fascinated about. And then I found out you're into psychology and I checked out your Instagram and uh, I know nothing about fashion. Uh, this, all of this here, that's not me. That's not my doing, but um, I like it a lot. I'm fascinated about it and want to get to know you a little more. Yeah, absolutely. It's an honor to be here. And thank you so much for having me. And thank you for being at Breakfast with Champion. It's um, usually 2 a.m. when I hop on there. So I'm half lucid, half not. So I'm glad you're able to still get some value out of it. I do tip my hat to you on that. That's three hours times different. You get up at two. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's hard work. Yeah, it's definitely dedication. But when you find a crowd... Um, that really understands you and you find like the audience uh, that really connects with you like you um, it's just really hard not just to sleep through it you just get so excited like I wake up every day around like 1 30 a.m without even the alarm like is it time yet is it time yet so. <laughs> that's awesome so can you explain just a little bit about yourself so uh, everyone knows what we're getting into yeah so um, as I said, my name is Shaylissa. I am a modern luxury educator and a brand strategist. And I used to be a, um, a mindset coach and a clinical psychology student in a PhD program. So I'm still very heavy in terms of research and psychology. And I implement a lot of that in my program and in a lot of my teachings, really. It really comes from like 90% of it is psychology and 10% of it is the strategy. Awesome. And that's what drew me to you because, because of the mindset, but you're applying it in a different genre, which is what I'm doing. I've learned all this stuff and I, I all through the podcast and reading and just the guests are amazing. So I pick their brains and I apply it to writing and it's just like amazing how you learn all this stuff and you're applying it in something else. And now we have something in common and I get to learn about how you apply it to modern luxury. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because I think when I was studying psychology and really applying it to the perspective of psychology, people were not as receptive because there's already so many psychology information going around. And a lot of people don't actually realize that they need psychology and they need mindset work and they would prefer to know that they don't need it. So now that I actually rebranded into personal branding specialist and helping people with branding to elevate their businesses, everyone is like so interested, even though the topic and what I'm talking about is the exact same thing. Right, right. It's a little taboo to go to a psychologist. Mm-hmm. You know, it says you're scared that you're broken or uh, something's mm-hmm. wrong with you or it might not work. Exactly. And then if you pivot like I did, you know, when now I'm just talking about how it benefits their lifestyle, their mindset and their business, 
um, all of a sudden they're like, oh, I definitely want that. I want to learn all about it. I know, especially if it makes me more money. Right. Yeah. I gotta, gotta make some money. So how do you apply it to modern luxury? Yeah. So, uh, just the context of what modern luxury is, um, it's different from traditional luxury. It's not about the materials or status. Uh, it's more so about things that we can't buy, which is now what people are paying for why, and which is why it's called luxury. It's all in the tangible experiences like time, um, energy, attention, mindfulness, inner peace, um, human connection. Those are really what's considered as modern luxury. And you can kind of see how I'm tying those in with psychology because at the end of the day, I'm teaching people to deliver a luxury experience so then people can understand what it feels like to have a, an extraordinary mindset, an extraordinary uh, lifestyle, extraordinary um, connection with people that actually mean something. So um, what Glenn said from uh, he's the creator of Breakfast with Champions is that if you were to pass away, if you were to die today, what is your legacy that you're leaving by the last four posts of your social media posts? And so those are the things that I really teach people. It's not just about the price tag or your material that you're selling or service, but rather it's the experience that you're delivering. If that person was to die, you know, God forbid, um, they are still going to remember you. They're still going to recover, uh, carry up those meaningful times that you offer to them. Awesome. Yeah, like, would you say that where you live and everything that's in it is an extension of you? Yeah, I definitely am very careful of the life that I kind of curated um, in terms of all aspects of my life. And I think the most luxurious part of my life now, uh, especially since COVID, is really spending quality time with my family that is healthy. That's a luxury that we all crave these days. Right. Um, especially with COVID, we kind of realize like, hey, it doesn't matter how much money, how much, how many products you have, it doesn't discriminate and it can attack just about anybody. So I think right now, um, the most luxurious thing I have is um, being able to see my family every single day and know that they're healthy and we get to spend um, meal time together. So that to me is, the most luxurious thing. Right, right. Yeah, it's like uh, we we don't tend to do that very much anymore. All sit together at the table, you know, TV off, and you just feel good because you're back home because no matter how bad your day is, back at home is going to make you feel at home and however mm -hmm. that is. And if it's modern luxury, if that happens to be that, then you get to enjoy that in your life because you could pass away tomorrow. So you should be thankful for what you have mm -hmm. and why not spend a little bit more if need be. That's how you get a little bit better quality and really think about your place. Like me, I'm big on the audio stuff. So it's like the acoustics. If I walk in somewhere, I'm like, Ooh, this sounds nice in here. Like it, some reason I feel good. Same thing with the visuals with, <laughs> with paintings and, and just the layout and all that. It is actually very important. It, you can't, people subconsciously will get that, but not, not so much consciously until someone like you come in, comes in and go, okay, this is why we do this. 
Exactly. And um, I love that you brought up the conscious and the unconscious part because um, what I teach is really 80% of it is targeting someone's unconscious mind. Because these, um, everything you just mentioned from visuals to audi- uh, auditory, all of that is your unconscious mind that is making the connection of all your senses. And if you're able to connect with your clients in those senses, you will build such a loyal following um, that people will pay anything to um, buy from you. You really just want to get into people's feelings and, and not what you say, but like how you deliver it. So um, if you're able to connect with them that way, it, it resonates them a lot with them a lot more. So I love that you said um, the difference between unconscious and conscious because if you can target the unconscious, they already made up their mind before they even realized it logically, which is the goal. Right, right, right. And that's what marketing, you know, is really all about. They're very smart people, even if they don't know exactly what they're doing, which is dangerous too at the same time. So that's why you got to be very mindful of that. And I, I, I'm so glad to see people starting to do that versus, you know, the used car salesman ripping you off, you know? Yeah. That's why with me, um, the brands that I work with, I'm very, very particular and I do work with brands that are ethical. They are philanthropic and they are connected with a bigger cause because I don't want to just build any brand to be luxury because luxury is still something that, you know, a stigma that every brand wants to become. So if I build these luxury brands and they're not for a good cause, then that's going to trickle down to other brands as well. So the brands that I really work with are, uh, I really want to know if they're ethical, if they're sustainable, um, are they using free, uh, like vegan vegan friendly um, leather, if they say that they're using leather, because at the end of the day, it's also contributing to a bigger cause, not just to make money. Right, right, right. And yeah, I mean, now we're in 2021. And, you know, we we need a little change to do a little better, you know, and we've been doing the same thing for a while. And got to leave the world a little better for our children. And we need to be Mm -hmm. around, you know, so yeah, that's awesome. I didn't even know there was vegan leather. That's crazy. Yeah, (laughs) I am. Yeah, there's so many things that they're actually changing and um, huge, like, large companies, very luxury companies like Gucci, Louis Vuitton, they're actually using more organic um, materials and, like, vegan leather to replace the old school, you know, used to harming animals because now people are realizing, like, we are um, harming ourselves, you know, COVID is kind of like a great awakening why we have all these disasters because we're really ruining our planet one day at a time by creating things that doesn't belong in there and we're taking out things that do belong in there like as simple as like I'm looking out on a tree right now, we need trees to survive as far as oxygen diet survive. so um, it's just about how do we recover the, like, the, the damages that we've made um, by being conscious with the brand. So a lot of times you shop now, you'll see a lot of tactics that is consciously made um, because people are not just buying anything because people can buy anything these days. Quality things are not uh, hard to come by. They can be shipped to you via Amazon Prime within 24 hours. So right. if I'm going to buy something, it better be worth something uh, bigger and it means something well. 
Right. And you, you, it's a community. So now you, you've, you've bought into that community and it is your home. You know, you don't have to force everyone else to do it, but if you do it in your home, it's your conscious, you walk in and your home's literally like your brain. It, like there's different compartments in your brain, different com- rooms in your home. So it's very important. And, you know, if it matters to you, that's all that matters. And I'm all about mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it really starts with us or you or you really start with me. Because like for me, I am, uh, I wasn't a vegan until I became one, obviously. And I actually became one, not because of just like the animal reason, but because of energy reasons. I noticed I ate uh, when I eat healthy, when I eat just more fresh food, I was more energetic and I felt better about my, uh, self and throughout the day. And obviously it also ties into how much I love animals, but I never push that upon like my family because I know they love eating meat and that's something that they are used to. Uh, but because they've seen that I have gained such benefits from that, they're actually now eating a lot less meat and they're about like 70% vegan, which makes me really happy because it's like, I love them either way, but the fact that they are noticing, um, hey, it's also making them feel better and it's better for the environment uh, and I'm not eating animals that I know is sick, then, you know, they are feeling good about themselves. So, you know, it really has to come with, from within, like you're saying, you can't really change other people. Exactly. You can only control internally, not externally. And you, mm-hmm. you influence them to do a little bit better. And yeah, not not everyone has to even be completely vegan. They can just do one day out of the week, you know, it's one step better. Exactly. Yeah. Or just like half a meal, start there and just see how you feel. Right, right, right. So um, I saw that uh, you did meditation in your uh, independent research at... Uh, college and uh it was about anxiety so what was that about like tell me more about that yeah yeah it was a um research study that i did at uc berkeley um and it was really exciting because i've always wanted to see how does meditation and yoga and mindfulness help our mental health anxiety and depression because it personally has affected me. Uh, when I had anxiety and depression, I was incredibly suicidal and I took so many different medication. And at one point it made it even worse. Um, and so I was in a desperate need of a solution because it was very real. Like I was like, you know, I, I remember calling my mom um, they checked in every day and I was like, I can't imagine living another day like this because it, it feels like shit. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> it feels really bad. Um, so I started researching myself because, you know, and as how I am, I just love researching in general. And I came upon meditation um, and that was the first time I've ever felt normal in a really long time. And so when I when I found meditation, that's when I realized I was like, Hey, you know, I was in the luxury space, but without a clear mindset, it doesn't matter what's going on on the outside. Um, I'm not, not going to be happy. So I kind of changed my career and I went back to uh, college and I just studied meditation on anxiety. And I found in that study uh, particularly is on implicit bias and anxiety Implicit bias is like unconscious bias that we make on other people, whether it's stigma or racial bias. 
and it also increases our anxiety. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do two at once and see what happens. Um, and the result was that, um, so we did two group of study. One is with uh, medication, a guided meditation that I did with them, and then a recorded audio of just that telling them a, a very calming story. And the group that went through the meditation audio, they were a lot calmer. They were uh, a lot less biased that they're dealing with, um, less stigma, less um, impulsive. And um, then, and we found that their anxiety level went down. So it was actually super exciting because um, that those are, it just kind of proved one, the research I did did work. And two, um, it wasn't just me, you know, it applied to a lot of people that, uh, I, you know, you don't have to depend on medication. You don't have to live in a miserable life um, and feel like crap every single day. Medication is accessible to everybody. If you can breathe, you can medicate. Awesome. That is amazing. Yeah. Like when you take medication and stuff, which is very common with everyone around here and, you know, depression throws some pills at you and that changes your brain chemistry. Like it fires different. And that's really what depression is, is like your brain firing that part of depression, the area in your brain, it keeps firing and telling you you're depressed and you really, you, you don't even understand why. And these medications can make it worse. They can, they can do something different and it's not making you, you. And that's what, like going back to modern luxury, your home, every, everything in life is like a circle, like your, your story called the hero's journey. And the circle is to bring yourself back to you. And where, what is home? Home is you. So as long as you circle back to home, you'll be okay. So same thing with meditation. It, it resets you, it brings you back to you. So it could be anything that's a meditative state. Before I even knew all this stuff, when I was running, I would run every day, do marathons and stuff. I would, even before that, I did music. I all, it always, the link is going back to you. So whatever that is, now I meditate and that's what works for me. Cause man, when you're stressed all day, it's hard to reset, you know, and that helps me. Mm-hmm. And for anxiety from, this is just personal experience, but for me, it's the unknown. So you, mm-hmm. if there's something out of my control, I can't do anything about it. I'm just going to cause anxiety. If something, if a, like, I don't know, a loud noise or like a car coming at me, it's going to cause anxiety. But for me to calm down, it, that that's like fight or flight. But for me to calm down, it's a meditative breathing. I can control my anxiety. I can just do deep meditative breathing, but it gets so hard sometimes when something is causing you anxiety. You can only do deep breathing so much, you know, you got to maybe just get out of there, you know, whatever is causing that anxiety. Mm-hmm. And that's the, and, and the crazy thing is because so many people deal with anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. that mindfulness and inner peace is considered a luxury, which is why I, I, I don't call it luxury, but modern luxury. Right, because right. people back in the day, they don't have, issues like this this is created by all of us by having more things by you know after globalization and mass production we have more things than we ever did before and the more we have the more clutter we feel in our minds in our home in everyday life that my minimalism 
is modern luxury. Right. Um, inner peace and mindfulness is, um, you know, is luxury versus back in the days, that's considered the norm. Because luxury, the definition is really, it comes from the root word of luxuria. It just means extraordinary over um, opposite of ordinary. So if things are ordinary by having so many things these days, then the extraordinary part is having nothing at all. So it's, it's kind of crazy because I, when I explain this concept to people, people are always like, oh, yeah, luxury, you know, the beautiful things, the Gucci belts and the fancy cars. And it's like, right. it's actually totally opposite of that. Right. Like you can have quality things, but now what are people actually craving? Because as time evolves, humans evolve and the world evolves and definition, definition changes over time. Right. Yeah. That is so true. Cause that's the first thing that pops in my head, to be honest. Like that's my biased opinion is, is like, you know, you, you think of like the Gucci and Louis Vuitton and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And that's, what, you know, it just pops in my head, but then you really just think of the word luxurious means vacation mm-hmm. and vacation can mean going to, I'm going in April, I'm going to Colorado. Like that's luxurious mm-hmm. to me to breathe in the air in the mountains. Like it's something I don't normally do out of the ordinary, right. which is I, I'm a big proponent of right. that. And yeah, that's luxurious to me. So yeah, you are yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like, uh, one of the big things that people don't realize is if they're buying a vacation, if they're doing um, anything like that, they're not, they're not just paying for the, the vacation. They're actually paying for time. Right. Like that is the ultimate luxury. It's the time yeah. that you get away from your work is the attention that you get when you're taken care of, when you're on vacation. Um, it's a space that you have when you are on vacation and the mindfulness. Right. So a lot of people, they're like, okay, wealthy people, you know, they're buying this and that. Even say if a person is buying a jet, the, the bigger purpose of that is really time that you are um, able to get there from point A to point B faster. You are also buying privacy and you're buying your space. So it's not just about um, the material. And if you are able to communicate the transformation that you're able to deliver, um, it actually is more receptive because they're noticing that Gen Z and millennials, these generations of people, they don't really care about what it is that they have. These are accessible to them at all times. Even a private driver, you can call an Uber. So now it's like, what is it that you are selling? It's more than just product and service. Right. And we're all circling back to the same thing. Time. It's always been that. It's always been more, mm-hmm. more time with your loved ones or something that brings that fire into your heart. And nowadays we're working more than ever. We're working a main job and maybe being an Uber driver on the side or working. I, I work, my day job's a factory and it's like a luxury would be working from home. It You're buying time, you're, you're outsourcing, you're doing that kind of stuff. Like that's, you're developing this, this luxury, which is time. And we've done that in society, but now it's like, this is what I want. I don't want the, me personally, I don't want the millions of dollars I, I, anything mm-hmm. that makes me happy. So it's time. It's, yeah. it's, that's what makes me happy to do what I want to do. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's also what it means to everyone because the goal of redefining luxury as to educate modern luxury is all about what it means to you rather than what it means to the society. So before 
you know, people think like having a Lambo is a uh, luxury, but not necessarily to everybody. And, you know, depending on how much you make, some, some, sometimes people, some people might see a Lambo as something cheap or like some people would see it as luxury and some people would see it as a waste of space, you know? Um, so it's really about, teaching people how to define luxury in, in your own terms rather than other people. So even when you set outsourcing, um, that's one of my biggest luxuries that I have. I right. am so proud of is, is literally outsourcing to experts who know way better than I do and does it way better than I do and actually gives me the space to breathe. Like I hired a um, manager who literally managed my communications across my team and is it necessary? No, but it's, it's absolutely so much better. I can't imagine living my life without her because she manages everything these days. So I can literally just focus on my clients and my business. Right. So right. that to me is a lot. Exactly. And that's what I'm, I'm assuming, but I'm assuming that uh, that's what you're best at is having that connection. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I remember... Uh, when I hired her, she worked with different uh, coaches and she was like, okay, do you, so do you want me to help with DMs and, you know, like connection with other people and doing all of that? And I'm like, no, I hired you so that I can connect better with my clients, you know, so I can actually have the time to sit and like send voice memos or to talk to people um, because I, I want to have that connection. That's the whole point of modern luxury is that people are now outsourcing deaths but also to the wrong things, you know, like a lot of people will outsource, say, their social media to other people. And now they're not really talking to them, but rather talking to either a robot or a uh, assistant or someone that manages it. So how do we bring that back? Because now with the digital world, we're, we're getting less and less human connection every single day, um, which is why Clubhouse is so well, why people are so addicted to it, because you actually get connection with these people real time and that is so rare and that is crazy to say it's a luxury to connect with a, a human right right and you, you have uh you know people you wouldn't even imagine on there and that's uh, that is amazing and i want to kind of re-emphasize what you're saying it goes to your intentions so the the lambo what's your intention for it is it a state? Is it a statement, like a fashion statement, to get you what you want? Is it to get girls? Uh, why? Why are you worried mm -hmm. about that? You shouldn't worry. That's girls are a byproduct. You know, you, the girls should mm -hmm. like you for you, not your, not your Lambo. So why do you really have mm -hmm. it? Are you a car guy? You like to drive fast? Yes, buy the Lambo. Mm -hmm. Don't buy it for oh, I got look cool to show up at the parties and stuff. And people want you are the party, not the Lambo. So. Mm -hmm. What is your exactly. intention? So yeah, everything you do, social media, why do you have it? What's your intention? So you have it so people want to like you for what you do. So, well, you better do the work and communicate how you should. So yeah, everything's, everything's intentional and that that's mindfulness. And it's, people don't stop to think about that. And I get it because we live in a, five second society people can't put their phones down and we're all flipping through tiktok and yeah i get it it's crazy now people are going back to minimalism because it's like man i need to slow down i can't live with this fast-paced lifestyle you know mm -hmm. yeah 
And it's kind of funny because I, when you're saying connection, so uh, I've made so many incredible connections since starting Clubhouse that I literally can't get off because mm-hmm. of the fact that I'm able to connect with people that I wouldn't have. Right. But I wasn't on there. I even got connected with um, Tim Story because he was on Breakfast with Champion. And then I ended up reaching out to him. And we ended up just really hitting it off and connecting. He was on my, he was in my room um, just yesterday. Um, and he really talked about, uh, you know, for those of you guys don't know, Tim Story is the coach for, he's the life coach of Oprah and Will Smith. So he had a lot of wisdom to share. And he really focused on the comeback and the setback. And he really talked about how there's a recovery stage, stage and then the discovery so, you know, what I'm seeing now, it's very similar. And we're going through kind of like a discovery stage. Like, what is the meaning? What is the deeper meaning? Now that we're realizing what we had before doesn't mean anything. Even if you have a Lambo, if you don't have meaning or full relationships in your life, does it actually mean that much to you to be alone in the Lambo by yourself? Um, so with, with that kind of analogy is, you know, what are you trying to discover? Are you trying to be a uh, part of a bigger family? Does it actually mean something to you? Um, or is it something that you are getting just to be, um, just to try to fit yourself in a box? Right, right. Don't put yourself in a box because then you're limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, that's, that's a Yeah, he's a good dude. I read his book and I, I've seen him on Clubhouse and uh, yeah, it's very. Uh, Yes, his, his he has, he's uh, he has analogies that really click. That's why I like to plant the the seed, and you could plant bad seeds, and we do that without even thinking about it. And that's that's the thing, and that's why we need to be a little bit more mindful and not reactive all the time. We're always in a reactive state, and if you're in a reactive state, the world is controlling you. You have you do not have the control. It just takes mm-hmm. five seconds just to take up one breath and think, man, maybe I should not, you know, flip out. Maybe I should just like forget about it. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a good start. So what do you do for meditation? Like what's an exercise you do? Um, so I do a lot of uh, just, well, I have to try Wim Hof and also mm-hmm. like boxing breathing where nice. you just inhale or forward, you hold and exhale. That's like basically that's really my favorite. Um but one of my go to techniques is automatic journaling, which I write down a whole bunch of questions that I am just really stuck on, whether it's life question, relationship or business. Um and meditation is actually my creativity zone where I get a lot of my business ideas. Um, if anything that I'm stuck on, I'll write it down in my journal and then I'll just set a timer um, to sit and meditate, whether it's, you know, 20 to 40 minutes, depending on how much time I have, but at least 20 minutes a day uh, where I just clear my thoughts and then start bringing up those questions once I feel that I'm in the zone where I lose the concept of space and time and you're it's very in a meditative zone. Um, that's when I kind of start pulling up these questions and whatever that comes into mind, that's really me connecting to my higher self um, of that experience and start writing down like, you know, when I'm out of the meditation, I start just writing unconsciously. Like sometimes I would tell people or my clients like this voice might not even sound like yours. 
but you're just going to start writing and it's just going to start flowing. And next thing you know, you have literally the best ideas for your next content for the next month or so. So meditation can do way more than people give credit for it. It's way more than just sitting and doing nothing and, and listening to your thoughts. It's really just to, to dig in uh, and, and know that you literally have a whole Google, like a whole search engine within you already. Right. Yeah, it is. I agree. I've been meditating for, let's see, seven years and it is, you know, it, it's, if you don't do it for a while and then you do it and you feel so good, you're like, why don't I do this? It, it improves my life like tenfold for real. And I recently did that. I'm back, back doing it regularly, like every day. And yeah, just like, yeah, you lose, it feels like when I meditate, when I get, if it's like 20 minutes or longer, I lose sense of like, I know I'm meditating. Like I'm not like unconscious, but I forget that I'm there though. You know, it's kind of like a dream. It feels just like a dream where. It is. Yeah. You're in yeah. a trance. Yeah. And it's amazing. And until you wake up out of it, then that's when you're supposed to wake up. And, but if you're on social media all the time, you can't meditate. Like a lot of, this is what I hear is I just don't, I can't do it. I don't have the patience. I can't stop thinking. And that's, mm -hmm. that's the issue we're having right now. And it's not cool. Like, it's kind of cool, but it's still not cool yet, I guess. Yeah, it, it's definitely up and coming. It's part of the modern luxury experience. And um, like for a lot of people, like they don't realize like these are the things that is considered luxury because you can buy a vacation, buy a luxury vacation, but we can't buy is literally mindfulness. Like even if you're on vacation, I'm sure people will have experienced that um, they are just, they're still cluttered. They're kind of still cluttered. They're still on their phone 24-7. It's just, you're literally uh, sitting in another bed rather than at home and calling it a vacation. Meanwhile, you can literally have a free vacation in the comfort of your toilet or something, you know, like wherever you want to meditate, whether it's your, your, your office, your bed or whatever, you can literally go to a space that is your happy place, what um, I always call it, and go on vacation there. And it's literally costs you zero dollars and it makes you so happy and you come back re-energized, recharged way more than your thousand, thousand dollar vacation. Right, right. Yeah, it's like a mind hack. If you can't do it internally, almost try to do it externally by, you know, uh, subtracting the stuff that triggers you. So like, you're just mm -hmm. peaceful, you know, you, and you do that for a while. You're like, Hey, I feel kind of good. Like a two week vacation. That's what I needed for the year. And I feel recharged. I have energy and I'm ready to go back to work. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of, that's why a lot of people, they go, they go on vacation. They're actually more exhausted yeah. than when they're working. <laughs> and I hear that a lot. People are like, um, especially like my parents, because they never shut their minds down. They're, they're not huge on meditation. Mm -hmm. So every time they go out, they're like, oh my God, this is way more exhausting than work. I'd rather just work. <laughs> I'm like, that's because you're not really on vacation. You're physically on vacation. Yes. But you're not mentally on vacation. And and what means rest is not is not your 
um, it's not your, your body or, or your, I mean, I want to say your, your wallet is definitely opposite from that, but it's your mind, you know, it's your mind that really needs the, the declutter. And that's why you're like, I need to get time off of work. You get time off of work to work more because now you're more focused on the, the, the crap that you haven't dealt with. Right. Exactly. So yeah. what, what are, what, what's a, what's a lesson you've learned from your parents? Um, if there's something that I learned from my parents is to just relax and to chill out because they are always overworking themselves to the point where they're sick and they're still working. And, um, and it's kind of funny because growing up, um, my father was, was a business person. So she was very, um, like strict when it comes to manners and etiquette. So, um, he would bring me to business dinners and he's like, you know, whether I close the deal or not is really up to you and up to your behavior. And I'm like five years old. I'm like, Oh my God. And so I went through like etiquette school to really learn about manners and everything. And I obviously I hate it back in the days, but now I realized like what is a, like a currency that is to learn how to, um, treat people, how to respect people's culture, how to unconsciously communicate with people because that's generally just that's literally what etiquette is. It's just like in unconscious language that you have between people across every culture or ever. It doesn't matter what they speak. You have the etiquette that you guys kind of understand. Um, so that's a huge thing that I learned from people is that you can actually build really strong relationships, even without saying a word, just by how you behave around people. Yeah. People, yeah. people, are, there's always someone watching you. They're paying attention and whether they realize it or not, you know, if they keep seeing you and yeah, if you, you do it for your, like back to the intentions, you do it for you, you are, mm-hmm. you have etiquette and manners because that is part of your belief system, part of your morals. Mm-hmm. You don't do it for them because if you do it for them, they have the power. You do it because you're, mm-hmm. that's who you are. And they're like, wow, that's somebody being themselves. They're not fake. And I like that. I need mm-hmm. to know more about them. Exactly. So what? That's, um, that's a huge thing. Yeah. With, with uh, etiquette, with like, even giving what we're saying, like giving time, you know, like being on time. A lot of people don't, I'm sure you do podcasts and stuff. You have people that come on late and, um, and whatnot, and, and mm-hmm. sometimes people disappear, you know, especially digital. So, in the digital world, people are like, Do I have an appointment? I don't remember. Like, I don't even know anymore. Kind of my days blend in, but that also comes into etiquette and manners. It doesn't have to be this very fancy, you know, sitting on the table with a, you know, napkin on your, your thighs <laughs> or whatever. It's really just these, these things that are so, uh, it used to be so common that's not common anymore because we don't really teach the next generation on how to treat other people, how to look at people in their eyes when you're speaking to them. That is like a currency that you're paying to other people and it's paying respect to yourself. Exactly. And well, if, if you do this little stuff, do a, do a little study, uh, people. And if, if next time you're out and about, like look people in their eyes and see how many people make (laughs) eye contact, you'd be surprised. Even your server it's hard for them to make eye contact. Then you got this kind of power. Yeah. Like you feel like, like important, like you're looking at everyone and you're greeting them as people not as passerbys or avatars. You're like actually paying attention and looking in their direction at them. And they're like, Whoa, I feel like, like 
I don't know. Like, I feel like someone's paying attention to me. Yeah. It is so uncommon that people get uncomfortable, which mm-hmm. is kind of funny. They're like, Oh my God, you're staring at me. Like what's going on? But at the same right. time, it makes them feel very important. Like you're saying. Um, so it's kind of funny because these, these little things um, that I grew up with that is considered very important and a way to communicate with people are now people are realizing like, oh my God, why, why are you holding the door? What's going on? That it's, it's like, what's going on? You know, it's shocking to them. But when you do, do, do things like that, it actually makes that person feel very connected to you and feel very loyal to you. So even like um, with clients, like, you know, people that are running business, you would be surprised how far it can go with you just sending like a thank you note or like a thank you email. Because a lot of people don't do that these days. Like after, especially after a deal that they close, it's just like, okay, thanks, here's your receipt. But they never really reach out and go out of their way to write a heartfelt letter, whether it's handwritten, even better, or if you don't have time to mail it out, just do an email. That is just a thank you email with no receipt attached. You know, a lot of thank you uh, things now it has like, here's your um, thank you and here's the candy and here's your receipt. Um, here's your bill, you know? Right. So it's, it's nice. And, and yeah, and do it, do I keep saying intention, be intentional about it. Don't expect anything back. You're doing a thank you because mm-hmm. you, you're just trying to be the best version of yourself and you're making them feel like a person and that's very rare now. So yeah, do that. Mm-hmm. Write a written note. Cause nobody does that. They'll be like, Oh Wow. People write still, you know? <laughs> so what kind of... Yeah, and it's, and that's why we're so obsessed with, like, animals and, like, dogs yeah. and pets. Because they, literally, when they pay attention to you, you're the only one that exists in their world. Right. So it's, like, sometimes people are like, how do I have manners and etiquette and all of that stuff? And they really overcomplicate things. And um, at the end of the day, just think about how, if you have a pet, how does your pet treat you? Because... That, that's, a, that's a good way for you to treat other people. Like your dog literally looks at you in your eyes when she's waiting for a treat and <laughs> just wags her tail and say thank you. You know, that's their way. And so you can learn a lot from your pet too. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, you can learn from nature. That's what I like to do. It's the best uh, analogy out there or story. If you really want to learn how to parent or learn how to, you know, interact, you just go look at other animals because they don't have these uh frontal lobes to try to manipulate mm-hmm. manipulate each other you know so it's it's a good, yeah and they don't judge yeah so uh, what kind of habits do you do to become successful like what kind of things have worked and what kind of things have not worked and uh, for your personal life so that's uh just for your maybe like waking up or uh, nutrition or like mental health or, mm-hmm. or friends or, you know, connecting. And then also with your career. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a great question. Um, so first of all, wake up at 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, so this interview ends here. Um, no, but for me, every, everyone is really different. Um, before this, I was actually helping people kind of with their routine because I realized how important your routine um, affects your life. And that's what Glenn Lundy does is that his belief is if he can change 
a person uh, their morning, they can really change their life. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm a huge believer and I love Breakfast with Champion because of that reason. It's because I really believe that the first thing you do in the morning really sets the tone. It's like rolling out a red carpet for the rest of your day. So is that carpet a social media carpet that you're walking on? The first thing you do is, you know, you roll out a social media carpet, then you're on your social media. The rest of the day, unconsciously, you're going to be on your social media a lot. And why? Because you're subconsciously, subconsciously telling your brain that this is important. So even though you set out a time to do your work, you're always going to be craving to go back to it. So for me, a morning routine is writing down, like, what is my... Um, like what is what are things I'm grateful for? So I start with um, my gratitude uh, list, gratitude journal. That I really just allow that to sink in and feel it, not just say it. Because a lot of people are like, if I write it, it'll just happen. But it doesn't work that way. You actually have to put the emotions uh, into it, so then it attracts the vibration that you put out. And then to clear out my vibration, to clear out my any negative energy that I had, whether it's from sleeping last night, having a bad dream or whatever, I exercise. Something I cannot skip, whether I literally have five minutes, I still throw on my workout clothes and still do jumping jacks for a minute straight, two minutes straight or whatever, because it's a routine, it's a commitment, it's something you honor. It doesn't go away whether you're a vacation, it doesn't matter if you are, um, you know, say even injured, still stretch, you know, do something gentle where it's uh, it helps your mental health and then it starts um, going to your physical health. And then I go down to intellectual health where I read for 10 minutes and I, um, you know, if I have more time, I would definitely do like 30 minutes. And then I focus on my nutrition health. So definitely getting water, lots of um, healthy like fruits to start my day. And then my spiritual health, which is meditation. And that's when I just sit down and um, allow myself to clear my thoughts. And then as soon as I get out of my medication, I ask, what are my top three priorities that I need to handle today? Um, so that is something that I found really works. And everybody that I've helped, I've helped build a morning routine has drastic changes and drastically changed your life by just implementing these different areas of um, nutrients into your life, like mental physical, uh, nutritional, intellectual, and spiritual. That's awesome. And I agree. The, when you wake up, that is the start of your day. And mm -hmm. the thing is we have thoughts and, you know, sometimes we don't think the way we want to think, but you know, you are not your thoughts. So you could say, Oh, I don't want to go to work. And if you're trying to consciously not trying to change your routine to make a better life when that happens because it will you go quit it i don't want to i don't want to think like that you cancel that thought out that's what i do i do it still now i wake up i've been like rapping for a while and i i like rap really fast so like because like that's, that's how my mind is my mind's always engaged and i'll wake up at 4 10 a.m and i'll be like rapping to I'm like no we're not doing this we're gonna relax we're gonna breathe and mm -hmm. I'm gonna plan my day so I just like mentally plan my day and I do gratitude as well and I do this before mm -hmm. I go to bed I think that's another key yeah. is if you do it before you go to bed 
when you're asleep, that's when your mind just soaks in everything you learn. So if you do it before you go to bed mm-hmm. and then you wake up, that's how you start canceling and changing your mind. And yeah, your, exactly. your journaling does the same exact thing. And sometimes writing it out, you have to do it, handwrite it. If you handwrite it, you're like mm-hmm. thinking before you write the word and it really implements into your, into your brain. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, people don't realize that these little things really shift your mentality because when you practice gratitude, when you exercise, which is another huge thing is what you said before, you're not your thoughts. You're also not your emotions. Right. Um, a lot of people don't realize that your emotions is what drives your thoughts too. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling crappy, um, which is why you can see it in people's body. If they're more slouchy, you can tell them that they're depressed. If they're really excited, they're more set up because it's a, a bio response to your brain saying, Hey, something is wrong. Even though you don't feel anything, you're, you're not thinking anything. If your body doesn't feel right, your mind doesn't feel right. So, and it, and it goes by, um, you know, vice versa as well. So that's why I, I always say, you know, it doesn't matter what, what it is that you, you do, um, you just just move your body. Just sweat a little bit and move your body, even if it's just a walk um, to your front door, whatever it is that you need to do, walk up and down stairs twice. Um, it doesn't need to be something crazy, you know? Uh, because if you clear that up, you are actually going to feel so much better and you're releasing serotonin and dopamine, which is like a reward system and your happy juice from your serotonin that rewards you and tells you like, hey, I'm actually doing pretty good. And you start rolling your day with that, that you are happy, that you're great, like you're more resilient to things, the more um, gratitude you practice. Right. And we could talk forever on that. Uh, Another little, I'm going to say, not get too sidetracked, but when you're talking to someone, and this could be in business, whatever, you said slouching and stuff and like, really pay attention to them, their shoulders, their hands, their eyes. And like the words coming out of their mouth is not as important as what their body says or the inflection in their, in their tone. And that's how we can start to see if they're a little, they're truthful or dishonest or perhaps a, like a shark, like a narcissist or, or if they're just like, if they're genuine, it's how you can really try to guess, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, oh, what, so I'm practicing and I'm getting my certi- certification in neurolinguistic programming. Hmm. And a lot of things that I picked up from that is really not wh- what about, especially as coaches or you know, you interacting human to human is that when they're talking, you're not actually really listening to what they're saying. You're automatically listening to the tone of voice. Mm-hmm. So if I said, if you asked me a question, I'm like, and I would say, um, yes, but I'm nodding my head. No. And I'm saying yes, like in a way where it's like, oh, okay, well that's sketchy. You know, like right. that's a lot of times where we're, Exactly. And that's a lot of times where we are actually get to pick up and these are our animal instincts that we have and currently have that we are able to pick up live. It's like if, if you say yes, but your body language is literally saying no in every way possible, um, that person's not going to believe you. You could be the best salesperson ever, have the best pitch ever. But if the, you know, your tone of voice doesn't correlate with what you're saying, your, um, the way you're pre- presenting yourself, your body language doesn't is not cohesive. Um, it's a, it's very telling. 
So I love that you brought up, brought up that point too. Right. Yeah. It's, it's so important. That's something I've been studying for a long time and like, I'm just fa- fascinated by it, by human behavior. And that's what I've been studying for a long time. And now I get to have fun and write a comedy and, and do it in that. And it's so awesome. And this is something yeah. that can improve your business so much, especially if you're in, mm-hmm. you know, sales is being genuine with, with your, you, you have to be genuine. You can't lie. Mm-hmm. I've, I've used to be a personal trainer and at the gym, they wanted me to sell products. I'm like, I can't do it. And they're like, why? Cause I don't believe in it. I cannot mm-hmm. lie to the customers like that. And they had to do it mm-hmm. to me anyway. And I said, Hey, I don't believe in this stuff, but if you want, there's like some of this stuff for sale here. And yeah, I just wasn't for it, you know? Exactly. And I'm, I'm so glad you're, you're like that because there's so many people that would pop on to any opportunity that will make money. Yeah. Um, because it, it is a lot of flow. When you go in the ethical route, it is not going to be like an overnight success like a lot of people imagine it to be. And you ask anybody that is actually very influential, that is not doing things that are you know, unethical to get to where they are, they will tell you money is not going to easy, but is it worth it? Yes, it is. Because when I, um, I actually had a business partner that is very similar. There's two ways of making money. And I remember that one is the money route, which is you don't, it doesn't matter what you do, you'll get there no matter what, you know, it doesn't matter if it's unethical, if you're doing something that is not right. Um, And then there's another route, which is more of the influential route is that you are doing things because you want to, provide value and a greater cause to the world. Now, it might not bring you about uh, money, but if it does, it is very rewarding. So for me, I remember working, um, partnering up, and I was just like, you know, I can see this happening. And um, a lot of it was also to do with Amazon. Uh, a lot of people do Amazon. They're selling plungers. Like, they're they're so happy about it. <laughs> and for me, I'm, I'm like, it's just, it doesn't bring me passion. I have nothing to to, to connect with this, this toy opener that I don't even know what it does for people. And so for me, I, I quit that route. And I remember that I was like, did I make a mistake? Because they, they were making a good amount of money, whether it was real or not. Um, but it was not ethical. So for me, it did took a while for the money to come in. But when it did, it was very rewarding because it was like flooding in, knowing that this is what I'm genuinely loving to do and I wouldn't you know I can't imagine waking up a, a day if I'm making $200,000 a day selling a plunger versus $200,000 $200, a day selling you know educating people on what really values um, what actually changes their mindset and their lives so I de- definitely think like being genuine is a huge part of success having fun is a huge part of success I literally change everyone in um, the Breakfast and Champion in another room, in a different room, and in my room yesterday, into Minions. We called ourselves the Millionaire, mm-hmm. where if you're on Clubhouse, you will know that um, there's a lot of depressing rooms, rooms that are made for positivity, and people just see it as a dumping ground. They don't even look at the title. And then sometimes you just need a half fun, pick it up, and when you have fun, and money is just energy, and then you attract that success, and you become the the magnet to that frequency of energy. So having fun and being genuine would absolutely be my top tip for success. Awesome. That is awesome. 
I'm going to ask a few more questions before we head out. Uh, where do you mm-hmm. see your, where do you see yourself in 10 years? <laughs> I love that question. <laughs> it's always like so scary, especially like if you're on a date and people are like 10 years. I'm like, Oh my God, I don't know. Um, especially for me, I'm very uh, type of person that goes with a flow, but obviously I do have a vision. I do have a purpose that I want to help with people. Um, and that is creating a modern luxury academy. Mm. And this academy is really helping people to discover a luxury lifestyle that is not mundane, that's you know, going extraordinary, that is not settling for less. Um, whether that is you being on vacation, whether that's you making more money, that is you surrounding yourself with um, you know, like-minded people or your family. It's really about how to treat everything in your life like a luxury brand. Because we know how to treat um, luxury brands like a luxury brand, but we never see that the type of behavior into ourselves. Like, how do you treat your mentality like a luxury brand? That's something that Tim's story came on to talk about yesterday. Um, and in the future, I will have people that is like a life um, expert in their health and their body. How to treat that like a luxury brand and how to treat your business and your family and relationship like a luxury brand. Hmm. So that would be my goal is to kind of change people's mindset into not just settling for less, not doing the minimum, because that's when you get anxiety and depression. When you don't, when you no longer have that vision, when you no longer enjoy life, when you are stuck in unknown, like you were saying before, that's when you really start getting this uh, feeling of like, I don't belong here. So like, that's kind of like my little like way of, of working into people's mindset is to educating them on how to treat yourself. Awesome. Wow. awesome. <laughs> what do you wish people did more of? Oh, this is so funny. I mean, this, this would go back to my brand and what I'm doing is I wish people would connect with one another more genuinely hmm. and be more candid with each other, whether that is, um, I mean, people always say now that, uh, on, on Clubhouse, we were like, you are the queen minion or queen uh, or like like lady luxury and you're savage. And to me, it's just, I'm just being very honest and very candid, but in a kind way, you know, like not, not in a way where it's abusive or it's aggressive to people, but in a way where it is like, this is an open book. This is who I am. And if you like me, I invite you. If not, then, um, you know, that's, that's what it is. You can leave it as that. But what I've noticed is especially people building their brands and I'm helping people build their personal brands. They don't even know what they want. They don't even know what they like. And then now they're having this um, difficulty between, you know, in with their relationships and they don't understand how to convey it. And they don't, because that's the thing. They don't even know what they want and they're not honest about it. So it's like, if you're not an open book about things, you can't expect people to treat you in a certain way. They're like, okay, they're not talking to me in a certain way that I want them to. But it's like, are you voicing that opinion? Because if you're not, you can't expect people to just unconsciously, unconsciously know how to treat you. You kind of have to teach people how to treat you. So I kind of wish like people would be more of an open book about it. And I think if, if, if they did do that, it would be a lot easier to bond with one another and it's a lot easier to communicate because now I know what, where your boundaries are at. Um, I don't have to feel like I'm walking on eggshells. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, have a conversation. Sometimes it's going to be always you that does it. You know, go to the cat. Mm-hmm. There's the other day at the gas station, I was uh, getting a drink and the cashier said, oh, got any plans for the weekend? You know, very cat, you know, your usuals. And that's fine. It's, yeah. You got to do that too. And I decided to give a real answer, you know, like, you know, I got some free time this weekend. I'm going to do some writing. And she was like, oh, you write. Yeah. And we got to talk and she used to teach writing. And this is just a, ca- a cashier, a retired teacher, you know, and yeah. you never know what happens when you actually talk. And I get it. If you're in a bad mood and you're just not feeling like it, you're in a rush. I, I get it. But actually have a little bit of a conversation when you do have the chance. And for mm-hmm. what you were saying about the brands, it's like it sounds like that person needs to know who they are themselves before they start a business, you know? So maybe mm-hmm. you should find out what drives you before you go and do a yeah. business, you know? Yeah. That's, that's a huge part of branding. A lot of people think branding is just about the appearance, the logo. Meanwhile, that is just a 5% of how important your brand or how much it actually contribute into your brand because the 95% of it is, knowing your purpose, like what, why do you even exist? A lot of people, it's kind of funny when you ask people, they don't even know why they, they, their business exists. They're like, yeah, I can make money. It's like, okay, so, so are we, we're out here making money too, but why are you making, um, you know, it's like, why are you doing your podcast? You know, what is your vision with it? What are your values? What are some things that are just like a no, no for you? Like, a, a, you know, the, the, the boundaries, um, I don't care if you're a guest on my podcast, it's, my boundaries is not okay like people don't even know what that is for themselves and then they start blaming other people and so it's really digging deep when i work with people on creating their brand to, to, for them to realize um because everyone just wants a logo they're like i i came to you because i want a logo i'm like that's the logo literally just reflects what your brand values what your beliefs are what your mission statement is and then your persona that you create um, how are you creating a way to connect with yourself? And that's also talking to you and to your point of digging deep into who you are mm-hmm. so that you're able to communicate clearly to other people without any mistakes or misunderstanding of who you are. And you become a magnet to people that actually is your tribe, you know, who, who, who gravitate towards you. Um, but if not, like, for example, if I was to pretend like someone else that I'm not, I wouldn't have um, have connected with you, who's also very into psychology. I might have got connected with someone else that I have no interest in being on their podcast. Now I hate doing what I'm doing. I hate being on their podcast. And it's just, it's a spiral effect. Mm-hmm. So I think you nailed it. The fact that it's not just about the communication part. It's also getting deep into knowing what do you really want from yourself before you even extend your invitation to others. Right. It's like when you, what makes you wake up out of bed? What is that? Mm -hmm. That should be what your business should be. uh, The, the mission statement statement or the, the culture, you know? So I, Mm -hmm. I have uh, one more question for you before um, you tell us where we can find you. That is Uh if you could go back, this is going to get get deep. If you can go back to that girl that wanted to commit suicide, what would you tell mm-hmm. her? Um, 
What would I tell her? I would tell her that it's, I mean, this is probably everyone's cancer, but it, it, it's okay. And take things day by day. Because I remember um, when I was in that position, I just really didn't understand why. I was, I was just looking for answers. And I think everyone is, right? We just want to know um, why, like, why, like, we just want answers given to us, why we're so attracted to horoscopes and all these things, because we just want to know what, we don't want to be left in the unknown. But I think it's just, I would just tell myself, it's okay being, just being in the unknown and be comfortable with it, because you are always going to be in that position. You can be as famous, as smart, as intellectual, as whatever you are. You can be Einstein. You will still deal with doubts and insecurities and the unknown is still always going to be there. And so learn to embrace it and, and understand that when there is a unknown, it's just an indicator that something great is coming because there has to be something great to fill that hole for you, for you to move on. But if you don't ever feel that space of emptiness or like the, the hole that you, you have, then that means that you're not really moving forward in life. There's no space in your life, um, in your mind to even move forward, to even feel that hole is, whether it's positive or negative. So I'm, I would much rather um, know that I'm in a known, I'm insecure about it, I have doubts about it, than to know that I am content and complacent in a, in a space that isn't going to move my life forward. So as much as I hated feeling what I felt before in such a dark place where I felt like, you know, just breathing was exhausting. Uh, looking back at it now, I'm just so grateful. Like a lot of people were telling me at the time was like, you have like, this is rock bottom for you, meaning something great is about to happen. And obviously anybody that's listening to this right now and you are dealing with insecurity or anxiety, it's, this is the last thing you want to hear. It's like, you know, oh yeah, the sun's going to shine or whatever. But like, it, it really is an indicator like this, is showing you, like, if you feel like this is the rock bottom, it's telling you something great is about to happen because everything comes in a wave, like up and down. Anything that goes up has to come down or else you're just going to maintain the neutral and your life is going to be super boring. So I always tell people, if you're feeling crappy, get excited as hard as, hard as it is because something great is about to happen in your life. Amazing. This was a great, great conversation. Thank you very much for coming on. Is there anything we've left yeah. out or anything you want to tell anyone about uh, modern luxury or what you do or what a consumer, potential consumer should do or anything like that? Yeah. Um, for a lot of people who contact me, they usually want to know how do I upgrade my experiences with my clients so I build a better connection and be able to charge more. Um, because when you are a luxury brand, you get to charge a premium price because of the effort and energy you do put out. And my answer to that is really focusing on the research into your client's behavior, observe what they do, not what they tell you, and cater a world and create a world that really dedicates to them, that is very special to them, that is very fluid to them, and start building a um, connection, a genuine connection, because when you have done that, things will start fall fall into place where you have an army of people who is your loyal fans that's going to protect you and your brand. You're going to have PR that's going to write about you that you don't even have to pay for advertisement. 
And your brand is going to speak itself. It's going to start drawing people in. So really come from a genuine place in your heart to serve people and wake up every single day, not how, what your clients can do for you, like what your clients are going to pay your bills or whatever, but rather like what can you do to serve others? How can you make a, a just a little bit of 1% better in other people's lives? Um, but the most important thing I always leave people with is how can you treat yourself like a luxury brand? Because if you can't treat yourself like a luxury brand, it's going to be really difficult for you to offer that experience to other people. So it really comes back to what we were saying before. It really comes back to us um, and ourselves and treating ourselves well. Because once you feel fulfilled, your cup is full, then you can fill someone else's cup. Cool. Awesome. That, I feel like this is val- very valuable information. Where uh, can people find you, Jaylissa? Yeah, so right now I am obsessed with Clubhouse. You can see me on Breakfast the Champions, which is Monday and to Saturday from 5 a.m. Eastern time to 11 or, yes, 11 a.m. And then I have my room, which is Modern Luxury Lounge, and that happens at 9 a.m. Pacific time on Sunday. And, um, my name is Leah on Clubhouse and on Instagram, and I have a podcast coming up um, as soon as Brian Brian helps me up set up everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll so, do. I'm excited. Yeah, I'll put yeah. The, I'll put the links in the show notes so uh, people can find you. And thank yeah. you, very, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. This was amazing, amazing interview. These are amazing questions, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad you asked these questions that are more more in depth because I definitely have a lot of interviews where it's service level and I feel like this is, this is such a valuable um, episode and just a, such a such good question um, so thank you I thought that was a great experience for me well I'm glad very luxury <laughs> <laughs> awesome